spreaders and welcome to the spread i'm your host kaz happy new year and as always i would like to begin this episode by giving gratitude thank you to everyone who's followed us thus far we are who we are and where we are because of you never forget that without you we would be nothing so thank you 100 times thank you and i wish you abundance in this year of 2019 one and two baby it's true you put it down whenever you come through three and four i want more baby on a bed on the couch on the floor five and six i'm in your mix you're my drug baby where's my fix seven and eight i'm on your plate eat it all up like cake Oh, go pay my 
Now, our first episode of the year is a live recording of, well, the spread live that we had late in 2018. Our guest host, Valentine Jiroge, was the perfect co-host for this event. This was by far my favorite The Spread Live event. The vibe was right and the crowd perfect. Thank you to everyone who came. I remember the monologue that began the episode recording being something along the lines of getting people to respect artists and the time they put into putting together a show, being on stage, sharing their souls. I was and am basically asking everyone who is listening to respect the art of performers everywhere. Give them the time that they deserve. Listen, watch, don't interrupt. You may not like their art and are not obligated to stay and listen, but if you pay to go to a show, give the artist the encouragement that they deserve. Please stay tuned for more My Own Day Music Magic. At the end of this episode, she lights up my life, and I'm sure you feel the same way. And I was like, oh, okay. And I get it. I'm an artist. But the one thing that I took from that experience is that, like, that, thi- that stuff, it doesn't happen here so much. Like, if you're an artist who gets on stage and performs, speaks, sings, writes, paints, whatever it is, you'll understand that when you get up on stage, it's almost like you have to slit your wrists to show blood in order for people to shut up and listen. It's so hard to be an artist and here, in Kenya specifically, to get people to watch you or to listen to you. And as an artist, you spend so much time like honing your skills. You spend so much time working on your craft. And this is why so many artists, in whatever form, don't stay artists. It's because I feel like we're not appreciated. It's so hard to get people to stop and to listen. And the one thing that I took from that is that I feel like as Kenyans, and I don't know where it comes from, but we're so entitled. It's like the story I'm having here, sitting with my friend, is more important than that person who's worked. Mayo, how long did you work to come and put this show together? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like an artist has worked days. It takes so much, so much emotion, so much time, and so much money to come and stand up here and be able to say something and expect people to listen. And then, you know, like I haven't done music in a while. I mean, I sing every so often, but then I haven't done music in a while. I'm in a cab, and then the cab guy says to me, Like, Kaz, how come these days you don't do music? I'm like, you, did you buy my album when I was doing music? You know what I mean? Like people don't respect the art and then you want me to keep doing it, like keep bleeding, keep slitting my wrist, keep doing this thing that causes me so much. It takes everything, 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 everything to give to you and then you give me nothing in return. You know what I mean? All of this is to say. (laughs) 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 When people speak, Let's respect them. Let's maintain the silence. Let's keep the volumes low. When people have an opinion, let's respect that. Like, let's take this opportunity today to change that. Like, we're only like 100 guys here. 100 guys can teach another 100 guys. Each one teach one. Yeah? So let's just respect people's, let's respect people's everything. Their privacy, their rights, their sexuality, their everything. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the I'm not lying. This is the best The Spread Live that I've ever been to. Really? <laughs> it's because of me. I'm going to take all the credit. <laughs> Nobody knows who you are yet because it's an audio recording. <laughs> no, but guys, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for being here. I really want to give a big round of applause for our guest host today, Miss Valentine Jiroge. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. 
And you guys, thank you. Thank you so much for trusting the spread to be here and to be a part of the live recording and just like to trust the spread. It's just like I started this Instagram page and I was like, ah, maybe I can talk about my sexual experiences. And then everybody's like, yeah, me too. Tipo, tipo. <laughs> <laughs> and then this <laughs> happened and it's so wonderful and I'm so grateful for you guys. Um, just a little bit about my dear friend and wonderful friend Valentine. Do you remember where we met? was through Nini Washera. Yes. It was. But first, before we even get into that, can I just say I'm so proud of you, Kaz, because Kenya is not the easiest place to have the sex conversation in. And to come up and say, I want to talk about sex, carve out your own niche and create not just a following, but this space of it's safe, it's positive, let's talk. Not anything goes, but just respect goes. So Absolutely. Well done. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. So <laughs> Thank you. So when you called and said, uh, Valentine, actually, she didn't even call. I've she just texted. Imagine. We had our first <laughs> phone conversation today. today. <laughs> she just texted. I was, I was like, like eh, what's uh, up, babe? Yes, yes. I'm falling asleep. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm washing the baby, but can we talk tomorrow? I'm just like, will you be the host on the spread live? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so thank you. Of course I'd say yes. Of course. And thank you. And I, th I really feel like this is the second time that I've asked you. So thank you ag again. Yes, actually, you asked me months ago and then it just kind of feels yeah, like this. Yeah. What's up? What's up? What happened? Look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you now. Eh. Look at you now. Fresh up then out, motherfucker. So thanks for being here. A little bit about Valentine. So Valentine is perhaps most famous for being a radio presenter in Kenya's top three stations and then publishing a sex column called Ask Valentine. Do you guys read that? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which was running for about 10 years in the Star newspaper. Um, recently, she created a guy. Why do I read biographies? Because that's <laughs> a big word. Eponymous. eponymous. What does eponymous mean? It's named after me. You're eponymous. <laughs> no, as in, it just means the thing oh. I created oh. is after me. The YouTube channel is called Valentine's Roge. It is named after me. <laughs> oh! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> we'll just so slide over this one. Let's just slide over this Oh, the eponymous YouTube <laughs> channel, which answers people's sex, sexuality, relationship questions on video, which is great because today we're going to be picking out from the fuck it okay. and answering a couple of questions. A gifted storyteller and communicator. Can you Valentine tell I wrote my own bio? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh -huh, uh -huh. Valentine spotted this niche after years of dealing with this vital subject and has now created kids and bodies tell us about that so kids and bodies is a five-part course for parents to talk to their kids about sex that's it so the first part is zero to five second is six to nine year olds and then the third is tweens and then there's a teenage section and there's early adulthood and the idea is to talk about our bodies like they are our partners in life we don't just live here they don't just carry us through life and facilitate what the brain does you live here, you should celebrate it. Your, your body teaches you so much. Acceptance in life, pleasure in life, tenderness, it's an avenue for so many things. But we're, we're taught as Africans, like it's just this thing you kind of apologize for, like yeah, yeah, it came like this, it has big bones, it's kind of round, it's like, you know what I mean? You're like, you're not happy about it. And parents are just, we're not equipped. And I noticed this, especially when I became a mom, you just, I, I thought I would have all this information being a sex writer. Like I was so ready for the conversations. I was telling Kaz earlier today, my son told me, mom, mom, no, you're not going to wash me today. Modoni, that's his nanny, is going to wash me and you can put my clothes on. You can put my pajamas on me. <laughs> and because I've raised him, like I believe him, I trust him, I respect his choices. I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna wait my turn to <laughs> <laughs> Put your pajamas on your narrow behind. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I waited my turn and then turned up for the podcast. But um, even those kind of things, like African parents, you're taught to override, like you know better and all that. But it, it has created this society that we're living in, where HIV is what it is, pregnancy is what it is, 
Um, our sexuality is not the most pleasurable thing. So many of us have had to unlearn things. We'll talk about that as we go along. So I, I'm trying to raise the kind of man who knows how to hear no, and he knows how to hear yes. He knows how to deliver his own yeses, his own no's. And he respects his body as this thing that can give him pleasure, and he respects other people's choices. And yeah, it's not easy when I'm the one on the respecting end of those choices. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when you're the learning. receiver of the no. Yeah, so that's what the course is. It's on zd.com, www.zd.com. Yeah. And for anyone who's listening who's not here, the description is in the description box below. <laughs> Oh, yes, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, I had something to say and then I completely forgot. So, Valentine is also a founding member of the Grasa Michelle Trust Women in Media Network. Women in Media Network. So, so we're 39 women across the continent. Mm -hmm. And we push issues. We decide, like, oh, Uganda, what is happening there? We are going to tweet. So, like Tanzania? Oh, Have yes. you seen what is happening yes, in Tanzania? Yes, we will tweet a storm about that. And we get reactions. We do. We do. So yes, are does. you guys aware of what's happening in Tanzania? Okay, so just really quickly, like the government has decided that they're going to send um, troops, it feels like the word should be troops, out to like scout for gay homosexual people so that they can be arrested. So basically they're, they're, scout they're scouring people's social media handles if there's any chance of you being um, homosexual. Um, they're... they're like sending people out, like literally, like you know what Donald Trump is doing in the U.S., where he's sending his troops to the border for like the um, immigrants that are gonna come in through the Mexican border. Tanzania is doing that for the gays. Like boo, magufuli, boo. I know. How and is everyone had so much faith in him when he was elected president. Everyone was just like, yay, magufuli is doing such amazing things. And then he just started doing all this bullshit. It's sad that in Africa, all a leader has to do is pick up a broom. And then suddenly it's like, ooh, magufuli is so special. Yeah. And then now he's like, oh, we're not going to educate parents. So girls are being kicked out of schools. And then now the whole... How are you going to police sexuality? Just because I made a gay comment online does not mean that I am actually a homosexual. You would have to be an actual homosexual in a sexual act with me. According to, to the law. According <laughs> to the law. Right? According to the law, that's how it should be. In order for you to be arrested, you have to be caught in the act. But what the Tanzanian government is doing is that it doesn't matter. Do you have a rainbow flag as your profile picture? Then my earrings could get me arrested. Like, what do you mean? Exactly. Exactly. And that's like that's some of the shit that we shouldn't be we shouldn't stand right. for. But also like in all of our anger we have to figure out how like what are we gonna do? We're here on this side of the border. What are we gonna do to stand with our Tanzanian like fellow people? Like how are we gonna help? Like what do we do? How many petitions do we have to fucking sign? It's not enough to sign petitions. Oh, Jesus also oh, anyway. I don't have an ending to this. There's no ending to this story, guys. I don't but there are bigger to ramifications it. to that kind of policing because then it also facilitates the spread of HIV because then people don't come out and say, I am a man who has sex with men. So therefore, I need this kind of information regarding my sexuality and my sexual practice. So you walk out of clinics or you never walk into clinics. You don't get tested. You don't use condoms. You don't have proper information. So it's bigger than just saying oh, you could get arrested. The ramifications That's true. in the long run, 10 years down the line, are huge. That's true, but nobody wants to hear about the ramifications. People are... I, I actually... F off, I often feel like des decisions that are made this... Um, knee-jerk, stupid. Knee-jerk, yeah. Brain absent. Thanks! <laughs> <laughs> what else do you call them? Are not well thought through. So... So, and I also feel like they're, um, they're like it's a double-edged sword. So there's the other edge of the sword that we don't know. What is the reason that, like what woke you up in the morning and made you decide that this is a thing that you're going to do? Why? Like what happened? You and enjoyed your prostate exam. Yes, exactly. <laughs> prostate <laughs> milking. <laughs> you're like, I'm going back for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've often found, and I always say this, I often find that people who are extremely homophobic are latent like uh, have some sort of latent homopho hom homosexuality that they're dealing with on whatever end of the spectrum. And the reason that I say this is because I myself, me myself, was I think even at the, r um, the last, the spread live recording, I was saying when I was in high school, 
I was that chick who was smashing Bibles in lesbians' heads. I swear, I know, right? This is such a tough visual to someone. <laughs> like, what do you mean? <laughs> right? And, I c- and already coming from like an extremely liberal home, I used to be like, you, you're a lesbian. You're going to hell. That was me in but high school. O- but also... You know why? I was just like, my vagina was itching for another vagina. <laughs> It's really that's it. Like so I, uh, this is why I can it? say people are late and homophobic. I'm just like, I feel you. I, I know why I you're so angry. I you see your struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be in that exactly. struggle. I picked a different one. Yes. <laughs> that is interesting. Were you jealous of like the young women who could come out and express that sapphic love? Etc. It wasn't even about them expressing themselves because I I was just angry at girls being friends, but also. Oh my God! Are we gonna go back to childhood and trauma? And <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was I was definitely hiding a lot of things inside me, and uh, <laughs> a dildo is not one of them. <laughs> 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 but I was definitely um, covering up a lot of stuff. I had my first girl crush, and I didn't know it was a girl crush. I just there was this girl who was my best friend. And I just adored her. And she pierced her pussy. She had a pussy piercing. And I was in high school. And when she was drunk one day, she showed it to me. And I was like, (laughs) she loves me. (laughs) And then then she found another best friend. Showed her the piercing. Possibly, because I remember talking to her other best friend and being like, have you seen the piercing? (laughs) (laughs) And her friend was like, yeah, she shows it to everyone. And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Had you even seen your own pussy at this point? No. I I had rubbed it out of submission. (laughs) 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 But I had not seen it. It's like it's there. My hand is there. <laughs> Forget DJ Andre. I'll be my own DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, latent homosexuality. I, I, I see it. <laughs> I see it so much. I'm just like Ezekiel Mutua. I said it. I said it. I said it. We really were. <laughs> we really were. So I really feel like, especially with that, I just I don't like to utter those words because they they release poisons in my body that make my body react a different way, and I don't want it to do that because I'm having a good time. But like with him, I've always been like, why doesn't somebody just check his Pornhub history? <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, Valentine also created a really amazing event called Dadosphere, and Dadosphere <laughs> is. Almost like a TED talk for women and African women, African women specifically, and every <laughs> month, <laughs> every other month. month? So I mean, I think it's a it's a really brilliant, brilliant, brilliant initiative. Shaz, have you spoken at Dadasphere before? Yeah, and Shaz has also spoken at Engage. Oh my God, watching you speak, <laughs> watching you speak is is actually. Becoming friends with you has been some kind of magic in my life. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful <laughs> for you. Yeah. So, guys, uh, you know, we're like I, I'm always just like, we need to have like more guys. Otherwise, it becomes like a chick thing. Like, we need to have more men um, be a part of this. <laughs> no, yeah, I see the men. I just feel like there should be more um, uh, other genders. But I also think it's okay if it's women. Women, I think, are quicker to try. You out do new your things. women. I think so, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's true that women are quicker to try things, which is why we are predominantly women because they're they're the braver fucking sex. Yes, and we are also the custodians of culture. When a woman decides this will not happen in her home, it does not happen, and men reach for standards that we set. That's we they do they do. You tell a man, I'm not drinking in Tamasha, the toilets are crap. I'm going to Java minimum. He will find the Java money or he'll find some cheaper chick. <laughs> so, 
know, it's, it's okay that it's all women. It's okay. <laughs> I love that it's all women. Unfortunately, <laughs> you're giving him the options for finding the Java money or the cheaper chick. He unfortunately he picks the cheaper chick. <laughs> but if like he and then it's also it's but if it's he wants like the cas juge, he won't find yeah. it elsewhere. That's that, that is that's true. <laughs> 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 I, I need to find a new a new bad a, a new bad uh bad bar. I need to find I think it's the one next to Safari. What's that? Uh, Jogonas. Jog Jogonas. Yeah. Those are my people, those are my Nyarari fans. <laughs> <laughs> so uh <laughs> that's Valentine. Isn't she fucking phenomenal? Oh thank you! <laughs> So let's be those people that support other people. Make sure that you buy tickets for Datasphere anytime you see it happening. Follow Valentine on Instagram, valentine.joroge. Girl. And <laughs> are you the same on all of your social yes. platforms? Well, I'm not really on Twitter. It's vinjoroge, but I'm like there once a week. So it's Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Okay. And then the Ask Valentine where she answers people people's questions uh, is on is a YouTube page. The, the Iponemus. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. You guys are just the bomb. How have I never been for one of these before? Yeah, ask yourself also. So, hate speech. Our first question for the evening is, is there a BDSM community in Kenya? The woman in leather has to answer this. <laughs> I feel like we need to pick another one because the answer is really short. Um, no, there isn't, but I'm actually hoping that I can create one. So the thing that I have prioritized more than anything is the non-monogamy because more people have reached out to me about being non-monogamous. So polyamorous, swingers, there's a few people in this room who are into that. And those people I have prioritized for now. But with BDSM and any kind of kink, I, you are, like I am, I am, I am into BDSM like a motherfucker. Um, so I do want to find a BDSM community here as well but I feel like people have to also be trained into becoming BDSMs and trying to figure it's out it's if It's not just beating your partner. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? You guys laugh. But a while ago, a woman answered a sex question in the standard newspaper and said, if your husband beats you, you know sometimes you can work it into a game. And I was like, you're touching on something and not really going with it. Like saying there are safe words and there's a distinct communication consent. in advance. Consent. Yes. So that's the keyword, consent. So that's what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's necessary. Okay. Yes, okay. it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so I pick something yeah, else. Go for it. How does one learn to let go during sex? Ooh. Right? <laughs> So that's loaded. Yes. It's a very loaded um, statement. Um, do you want to start? Yeah. I don't think it's a lesson you learn once. I think, mm, I think you also experiment. Okay, this has been my experience. So earlier I was sharing with Kaz. In my 20s, I used to kind of, and now this is touching on the topic, isn't it? It's okay. Um, I used to turn up for sex thinking like men kind of, you know how us girls were taken and we were told, hey, you'll get your period, this is always, if you're old as me, you'd learnt about modest. Do you know those pads that didn't have sticky anything on them? They had belts? Nope. <laughs> I'm really showing my age. Ah, yeah, fine. Yeah, there was a modest. <laughs> but the girls were taken off to one room and we were told all about our periods and hygiene and all of these things. And... In my head, the boys must have gone somewhere. So I turned up in my 20s thinking the boys turned up at a sex class. That me, I just was never told. And I thought they knew what they were doing. Like in the sex life, like the guy's supposed to create the sex life. He's the one who's supposed to say, okay, the foreplay is like this. Da, da, da. It's my body, but for some reason, I was very submissive and willing to like 
hand over this whole thing. And then in my 30s, I was like, okay, fuck this. Because no, I also had this black American boyfriend who couldn't find my clitoris. Yeah, girl. But he convinced me that or oh, maybe it was stolen. <laughs> I'm not even wow. joking. I'm not even joking. <laughs> he was like, you know, you're African. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, sex education is necessary, okay? <laughs> so, and then I didn't really <laughs> He convinced you that your clitoris was stolen. Like the... Oh, sorry. So, okay, now this is personal. I don't have one of those huge clits that's like... <laughs> I don't know. I've watched, I've watched porn. I do not have a bizarre anatomy, okay? The issue was him, okay? The issue was him. And he convinced me, like, oh, you know, you're African. You know, I've heard about FGM. I'm like, when did you hear about FGM? When did you hear about FGM? And... Oh, Mugambi, I love that your arms are up in the air. <laughs> so, anyway, the point is not my sexual history. <laughs> the point is to ask this question. And so, in my 30s, I was like, okay, so this has worked sexually. This has not worked sexually. I'm creating a sex life that works for me. And one of the things I gave myself permission to do was to have, to pick a sexual partner that I knew I would never fall in love with because he's just not smart enough, but he was so hot. <laughs> Whatever works for you. You know, like some people, you like big guys, so you pick a skinny guy. Like you just pick the guy you're just never going to fall in love with. It was necessary for me anyway. So pick this guy, he was my Tuesday man. And on Tuesday, we had sex. I told him we must have condoms, um, we must have all these tests done and all this stuff in advance. And then, oh, and I also told him, you cannot try to impress me. So I like to drink vodka. Don't go buying Sijui Grey Goose. That's my Smirnoff. thing. No, yes, that was the rule. I'm a Smirnoff girl. You must buy Smirnoff. Like yes. nothing above Smirnoff. Don't yes. try to impress don't me. Don't bring me syrup. Don't uh, buy sushi. Like we're doing Kenchik. Like, you know, there was just, don't try to impress me. Like, don't try to head fuck me, okay? And then we're not going out. We're staying in. Don't claim me in public. Like, don't, I even call him Tuesday. Like, I forgot his name. Like, I was like, <laughs> you're telling this story. My name is Tuesday, okay? So, yeah, I created a Tuesday man. And it was the most liberating. Like, I look back at my life. You know those things I'm going to tell my grandchildren? This is it. <laughs> I'll tell my girls, <laughs> my grandchildren. <laughs> Find your own clitoris. Find your own orgasm. Find your, <laughs> Find your Tuesday. <laughs> Find your Tuesday. <laughs> and I owned a vibrator at the time. I owned a dildo. Like whatever. But that was just like a sexual relationship created by me, just for me. And yeah, that was it. And the rules were: you fall in love with someone. I'm, I don't do side chick. So uh, don't have me be your side chick. You want to date somebody? It won't be me. When you find somebody, tell me. He did. You know, I mourned in the paper, in the star. I was just like, oh, my convenient fucking arrangement is no longer fucking convenient. <laughs> 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 is now inconvenient. But I was very happy. I was very, very happy. So find your Tuesday, ladies. Find your Tuesday. Does that answer that question? <laughs> yes. So to let go for me, I needed to create those rules. We've been tested. We're still using protection. Don't have me be your side chick. Don't be claiming me. Don't try to manipulate me emotionally. Because you know, sometimes you tell a man, I don't want to be with you. Then he's like, why? What's wrong with me? So mm. you will be with me. And then he, you know, like they learn. And we do this even as women. You learn the thing that your sexual partner likes. And then now you're trying and to use it, it to kind of... Yes, exactly. So what I loved about this is that it was just... In, in, mm. Yeah. Does that answer the question? It does. Yeah. I hope it does. Do you guys think it answered the question? Okay. Yeah. So yes, and you can learn to let go. You have to learn, actually, to let go. And I feel like letting go with regards to sex is really a, it's really a you thing. A lot of the time when we're not letting go, it's because we're thinking about other people, other environments, other things. Those are the things that stifle us in our head. It's just like, so I'm lying in bed with this person, and then I can't seem to, to like, relax. And it's because, you know, what is the person thinking about me? Oh my gosh, I didn't shave my armpits. Do you think that they've noticed that I didn't shave my armpits? Because when you go home and you sleep at night, 
you don't lose sleep because you haven't shaved your armpits. You know what I mean? But then the minute that somebody else is comes into the room, then we spend so much time worrying about what the other person thinks about the thing that we were okay with before they walked into the room. So the only way that you can relax and not think during sex is if you stop thinking about what other people are thinking about you. And it's such an occupying space. There's also something my mom said to me when she was talking to me about sex education. I think I was maybe nine or ten. And she said... She described sex as, your father and I play sex. Yo. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> no, I'd come home from the playground and somebody had said, oh, your parents have done bad manners three times because they are three children. And then my mom was like, three? For who? <laughs> your father and I, we play sex. But So the way she described it was wow, a bit traumatic. Wow. But now as an adult, that word, play, it makes sense, It makes right? so much sense. It's like bizarre phrasing, but it really makes so much sense. Now, now that I'm 40 years old, at the time I was just like, wait, mom, why is that? <laughs> you know, but that word, play. So as you're learning, and it's a constant lesson, this, you know, to learn to let go during sex. You will have to learn this. Your, our bodies change, you age, you know, things don't work like they used to. Everything was lubricated well in your 20s. Now you're like 45. It's like, we need to start on Tuesday. And by Friday, <laughs> you know. Also, just always bring lube. Always, always bring you lube. You know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's something, it's a constant conversation. I don't think it's a one-time thing. Absolutely. Yes. It's like a workout. If you're trying to make a muscle big, you have to keep working it out. If you're trying to make right. your arms big, you have to keep going to the gym and working on it. And so many times we don't think that our brains need that same kind of workout. But we have to keep teaching ourselves and reminding ourselves of these things. Another thing about learning something, like the biggest way to learn something is to unlearn everything that you knew about that thing. Ooh, amen. It's the biggest thing, unlearning, especially with sexuality. There's so many lies that we've been told growing up, especially as Africans, guys. There's so many things that we were told growing up because, um, because we're black. <laughs> you know, it's a form. I feel like it's a form of colonization for black oh, I people. I agree. So we've been the 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 way in. I, I'm 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 not sorry. The way in which <laughs> the way in which Africans have been best colonized is to teach people to keep teaching people to keep teaching people so that it becomes a generational thing, and that colonization for us has lasted because we've been up to our parents taught us and they don't know that it's a form of colonization because they keep teaching to keep teaching and it's just a form of oppression. Don't do this. Do not, don't accept your sexuality. Don't open your legs. Don't have sex until you get married. Don't, that whole don't, don't is and all. And then highlighting negative consequences. Yeah. Pregnancy, disease, your life will be ruined. I, I met a woman who told me she was trying to unlearn all the sexual information she had gotten. And one of the things she was told is that you're not a toilet. Hmm? <laughs> you cannot let men come and just spew their seed. I was just like, no, but the harshness of this, and it wasn't like a one-time statement. It was her mom and her mom's sisters and I don't know who else. Like she kept hearing it. And so now she, every time, so she thought of sex as a shameful thing. And who wouldn't? I mean, come on, a toilet? Like... Does it even sound like there's room for her own experience? <laughs> like, there's any pleasure in this thing, you know? Oh, yes, so I agree with you. But even in the same breath, the way women are taught sex and the way men are taught sex is completely different. Which so literally in the same household, like if you're a brother and sister, it's like, oh, you, you're going to have a great sexual experience. Here's a condom. Go fuck. It's going to be great. You, you can't have sex until you're married because sex is not fun and men don't know where the clitoris is. And you're slut. And you, you don't have to know where the clitoris is. You'll figure it out later. You know what I mean? It's just like so many different variations. So, so many variations of the story are told to like different sexes. Which now brings us to which the topic, Which I actually, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been leading up to, uh, you know, what we're what Valentin and I decided we're going to talk about is the pleasure gap and the, the difference between sexes and sexes. <laughs> so, like, how 
women are raised or how men are raised to have sexual discussions and then when these two people meet or you know I'm assuming that they're heterosexual when they meet and then they have um, uh, what coitus <laughs> <laughs> sexual congress <laughs> and then the things that you bring because this is how I imagine it you're in a dress that has a train from when you're a little girl everything that you pick up gets caught in your train caught in your train then you have your sexual experience and everything that has been caught in your train you bring into the bedroom and that's like answering the question the things that you need to learn to and be and unlearn and unlearn yeah so our conversation is just like, why is it that specific, I guess we're going to be um, specifically discussing foreplay. Okay, but not just foreplay. The first time, and I didn't name it this, the pleasure gap is not my phrasing, but the first time I experienced it, so my mother in that whole playing sex conversation was like sex is for pleasure, sex is fun, sex is tenderness, it's communication, it's all these things. Um, it, was, it was a mind-boggling, this conversation, because uh, I was like nine or 10. And then um, I'm in university, I meet a friend of mine, I'll say her first name, Mahogany, and she was describing a sexual experience with a boyfriend. Well, he wasn't really a boyfriend. Anyway, uh, some guy she was hooking up with. And she's like, yeah, you know, so it wasn't fantastic, I just let him finish. And I was like, huh, what, why? And I, I didn't have much sexual, ex I wasn't a virgin, but I didn't have a lot of sexual experience at the time. But that phrase just gave me pause. I was like, why? Why did you let him finish? Like, what was in it for you? Why did you even stay? You could have just closed your legs and said, nigga, bounce. Like, why? And it was radical for her. You c I could see it on her face. She was just like, what? Why would I do that? But we are having sex. I'm like, yeah, but it stopped feeling good for you, so why couldn't you stop it? And so now, years later, having gotten into the sex conversation and writing about it and everything, I see it all the time. I see it in questions from young men. Men will ask me questions like, I want sex to last longer. Um, they expect sex to feel good, and then when they turn up and it doesn't, they're like, there's something wrong with this thing, or I'm doing it wrong, or whatever, but they're like, something needs to be fixed. But women, when they email me, they're like, so I turned up, I did this, da, da, da. why isn't he committing? It's like the sex is to serve a purpose, like to get into a relationship. And it saddens me that women don't turn up in their bedrooms expecting orgasms, expecting tenderness, conversation, play, self-expression, all these things. We don't turn up that way, but the guys do. He's like, I lasted two minutes. I know I can do better, Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So just as, uh, like a real segue, please remember what you were talking about, uh -huh. because I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a real segue, like, you know how you're saying women need to turn up expecting orgasms? Mm -hmm. Well, they should. I went for a, a masturbation class when I was in New York. And um, it was a girl who was teaching it, and she sat there with somebody else, and she, you know, she showed her vagina and she showed how the vagina should be touched and blah, blah, blah. And then everybody lay on a mat and sh she was like walking around with a jar of coconut oil and she was like, so just like boys. <laughs> just get into your zen moment. You can't just rub one and out. Just, <laughs> like, just, you know, just like find your peace in your vulva. It's like, oh, <laughs> Oh, she was walking around like, if anybody needs more coconut oil. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, and then she was like, so you don't have to have an orgasm, cause. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck you if I came for a masturbation class and I'm not coming. <laughs> Needless to say, I came. Well, well done, Kaz. I would be so intimidated. I was not. First of all, she was charging people. I didn't pay. I should have paid. <laughs> I'd be so intimidated. She A was room charging three thousand thirty-five dollars. That's three thousand five hundred shillings, right? Yeah. Are you gonna pay thirty-five dollars and not come? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> 
You're, you're giving me ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm coming, okay? And I made it clear for the whole fucking class to know that I was coming. I'm not. Ke- I'm just like, y'all aren't gonna see me tomorrow. I'm going back to Kenya. Fuck you guys. I'm coming. <laughs> but wait, I have a question. Now that you mentioned the vulva, um, the guys in the room, what is? Who can tell me? Now we need a microphone. Who can tell me what is the difference between a vulva and a vagina? The microphone's over there. <laughs> do, do any men know the difference between a vulva and a vagina? But this actually, highli- this actually highlights that pleasure gap. It highlights that pleasure gap. Because you're talking about, oh, we should have an orgasm and blah, blah, blah. And you don't even know how to name your body parts. My son is three. He knows a vulva. Let me just say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there are women who will be like, I fucked that man. He was raised by Valentine. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll be proud. Oh my God, that is so my intention. (laughs) So my my cousin, she has a son and a daughter. She washes both her son and her daughter in the bathtub and then she names. You know, he has a penis, she has a vagina. Let me tell you how this boy threw a tantrum. (gasps) Mommy! I want to! A whole tantrum. A whole tantrum. Is the house full of women? <laughs> it makes no. Sense. Oh, okay, it's not. It's like a, it's a nuclear, as okay. nuclear as can be, mom, dad, okay. and uh, two kids, uh, girl and boy. And he was just like, no, because also because he's the last born. So he's just like, I want what my older sister has. Oh. I don't want a penis. I want a vagina. <laughs> it's like, no, Baba, you have a penis. Wash your penis. No! I want to have a... And, you know, <laughs> you got to give it to him. Who wouldn't want a vagina? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Freud should have met that boy, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you're right in saying that it's very important. And, you know, just segueing into raising children. Uh, how many people, mothers, fathers, parents? Mm-hmm. Aspi- aspiring parents. <laughs> <laughs> aspiring parents. Yeah. It's very important to be able to name your body part to be able to tell your children the names of your body parts because otherwise then we have 30 40 year olds in a room of the spread life who don't know the difference between a vulva and a vagina and can't even talk about it because if it's surrounded by shame then you can't even say oh when you touch my clitoris go like this <laughs> because if you can't even say the word how are you going to say it? touch it like lele. you know <laughs> but even that <laughs> Lolo iko api? Lolo nini? Lolo darling, darling. What is Lolo? Who is Lolo? Who is Lolo? You know, but also um, the way you, I, th- I think the way you see the pleasure gap, and especially in Kenya, and I think a lot of women are going to have something to say about this, is in cunnilingus, oral sex, blowjobs are like part of foreplay, right? Cunnilingus is a gift. A man goes down on you for all the three seconds and looking at you like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So now, I'm in the Hall of Fame. You're gonna tell somebody about me. I'm like, what? You just smelled it. <laughs> like, go back down. And can we talk about smell? <laughs> yes, we can talk about smell. <laughs> but, and then the excuse is, oh, hygiene, oh, I don't like the taste. Men, it tastes like vagina. It's not a strawberry. It's not a glass of champagne. It's not chocolate. (laughs) No, seriously, it tastes like vagina. And then there's a whole industry making women feel bad about the smell of their vagina and the taste of it. Douche this, douche that. Mm. I'm so rebellious. Do you know I shave my armpits? I don't shave my pubes. I don't. I'm like, I'm not a 10-year-old girl. And if you want a 10-year-old girl, let's talk about that. Okay, so it's... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I disagree, I disagree. No, no, I completely okay. disagree. That is personal preference. Yes, I'm joking absolutely. about that. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but there is, there's a thing about shaming women's bodies. Like when men sweat, it's, ooh, sexy. When women sweat, it's like, damn, girl. You see what I mean? And then it's... Vaguely. It seeps into the... It I just seeps don't generally just don't like sweat on anyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I mean, it's it's. I feel like sweat is also a per- personal preference. It doesn't matter if it's a man, a woman, or whatever. But, s- but speaking in general terms, I I I 
I don't, I, I can't speak in general terms. Maybe you guys can say, do you like? <laughs> or even have we seen, have we seen male? Do you guys like the smell of sweat? No. But have we seen male bodies glorified in sweat? But have you seen have women's bodies glorified in sweat on like women's health when not they're until, just like not until on the Serena beach. Williams? Not that until Serena. Not until Serena Williams. It's a recent development. No, I feel like white bodies have always been glistening in sweat even before we saw black bodies glistening in sweat. <laughs> it was always like on the cover of Women's Health with like. Like she's on the beach. You guys know that, like you see it on her tits. That's how you get the focus onto her tits. It's because she's got like, she's sweating. I was just saying, I, f I feel like for women, even on the covers of magazines, it's more like they're dewy or glowing, but you're not seeing oh. them drip. And as a woman who sweats a lot, I get like the stains. <laughs> and during sex, I definitely sweat, which is another topic, I guess. Um, another podcast but I episode. I think there's a difference. Yes. Okay, so, so you feel like the way men are, um, what's the word? Portrayed, Portrayed yes. I, I lose words. I, I don't know how I host a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's like by fluke. Um, the way men are portrayed versus the way women are portrayed with regards to s sweat. Like men can be dripping and they've come from the gym and it's like really sexy. It's more like what, the, what the male body does is okay and it's right and it's fine. Whereas what the female body does, if you sweat, take a shower. If you have discharge, oh my God. If you're on your period, my God, why do we have to know about this shit? Yeah. It's like that. So it's like the female body is like, it needs fixing. Too much hair, too much liquid, too much, too much, too much. Can we talk about your pubes? Um, yes. Because I'm so, like, <laughs> since you said it, I'm just like, I can't stop, look, I'm uh, just like, my eyeline is like. <laughs> Are, the are, they, are they poking <laughs> out of your dress? <laughs> I just want to. I just want to know. I actually <laughs> want to get a T-shirt that says "The carpet matches the drapes." It's an afro. Hey. <laughs> Gray hair and everything. So, it's an afro. so <laughs> yes. I really want to know about like your pubes. Are you about to ask me to lift my dress, Cass? No, never. Consent <laughs> is sexy. Do you want to lift your dress? <laughs> I'm just curious, like, so you never shave? I trim occasionally. If there's somebody who makes a request and I feel like, okay, I can accommodate you, yes. But I've never waxed. I've never waxed. I'm a waxing virgin. That shit is painful. I've gone with girlfriends. It's They're screaming painful. in the other room. Why would I volunteer for this? Why, why, for who, why? It's <laughs> it's, it is. It's, it's painful. So, <laughs> so you've never waxed, but you have shaved. I've trimmed. I shaved once. I got, you know, those bumps? Yeah. And then our boyfriend had to pick my hair. Oh, I was like, oh, God, this is so not sexy. This is not the reason what I have spread my... What did he have to pick? <laughs> he had to pick what? The hairs, the ingrowns, the ingrowns. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this Such is not... magic. This is not a reason to spread my legs. <laughs> there should be an <laughs> orgasm at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> and and was there? No, it was very clinical. It did not feel so. No. The train was coming through the tunnel <laughs> and then it crashed. There was nothing sexy. There, there. was no train. No, it was very there was clinical. No tunnel. It was literally. Oh. <laughs> 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 I've said entirely too much. Okay. Um, so um, the the thing about cleanliness is that um, the female sex is constantly told to wash herself and clean herself, and nobody reminds men to clean themselves. Um, if, if you're hetero or homosexual, you know that if a man has not washed his balls, it is not nice. It is not nice. And nobody, nobody reminds them that it is critical to, to wash that area. The same way we are told by our mothers, shower time, girls are, okay, mama, now wash your vagina, do like this, do like this. Who reminds boys, the boy child, to do that? And if you're uncircumcised, you know, pull your skin back, deal with your stuff. Because you cannot expect my mouth to be up in there and <laughs> you've not dealt with your cleanliness. Yes, that is it. That is it for today, thanks. <laughs> that is Jambi's TED Talk. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. That okay, wait, we have one, one more comment. 
there's cleanliness and then there's like another extra level that's given by aunties and uncles to people um <laughs> i don't think any guy has ever stopped because there was a bush in his way <laughs> just <laughs> Straight, straight. Uh, <laughs> let me speak for heterosexual situations. You know, you don't necessarily ha- okay, uh, also you speak for yourself. Yeah, so More speaking for uh, heterosexual situations specifically. I mean, I have to say, as somebody uh-huh. that is open to same-sex relationships, yes. no bush ever stopped me. Mm-hmm. But like, also, I feel like if we were t- to turn this into a video game, mm-hmm. nothing stopped me. <laughs> You see, that's that's the the point I'm I'm trying to get to, where I can promise you I'm I'm sorry for whoever's mother told them they need to clean and soap and do things in a certain degree. I promise you, there's no guy who will stop. No, you can't. If, if you they can't, stop, you can't speak for all guys. To I be can't, honest, I you can't. can't. You can speak okay, for yourself. Okay, you can't speak can't. for all guys. You can't say there's no guy that wound because there's people who uh-huh. are very, very specific about hygiene. But I promise you, that guy about hygiene is not about hygiene. It's not about the hygiene. Yeah, because the it's bush something could be else. conditioned and sweet smelling. That guy was not going to go down do on any end. occasion whatsoever. <laughs> no. Okay. So yeah. okay. First of all, I just need to say. We must never generalize. We must never generalize and then speak on behalf of absolutely everybody. So you can say, and it's very important to say I. Me, if I'm going to go down on somebody, nothing is going to stop me, right? But you can't say all of us, because literally the guy sitting next to you, for example, could be a complete hygiene freak. And maybe he loves to eat pussy. Can I just say... Wait, wait, wait. Okay. He loves to eat pussy, but... Because he's met somebody who maybe isn't specifically like the cleanest person, then he decides not to. And it's not because he doesn't like to eat pussy. It's because, you know, for whatever reason, he doesn't want to eat this pussy. And that's all it is. But we can't say, and in everything that we say, we can't say guys. We can't say girls. We can't say heterosexual people. We can't say same-sex loving people. We have to be completely, what's the word? Specific. I Can get I that, and I'll say Shiro <laughs> raised her hand because someone said guys don't like Can, uh, okay. this thing. Can, can I ask a question? This is a while ago. Just to demonstrate a point, how many women in the room have orgasms from penetration alone? Okay. So, the way the female body is designed the same way a man needs penile stimulation to have an orgasm, a woman needs clitoral stimulation to have an orgasm. You've seen the number of women in the room who can have orgasms from penetration alone. That is the pleasure gap, is because guys walk into their sex lives thinking, my dick will do everything. And frankly, it doesn't. And you've seen the number, it doesn't. So we need some other kind of stimulation, oral, manual, Text message, don't send unsolicited dick pics. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we need some other kind yes, of stimulation. Do not send unsolicited dick pics. We need some other we need some other kind of stimulation to get us there. And that's the point of this pleasure gap conversation. It's just to d- highlight, not just to the guys in the room, don't feel criminalized or like we're villainizing you and pointing fingers, but for all of us. I'm sh- when, when I first read an article on the pleasure gap and it was called that, I was like, yo, this is my life. Like, <laughs> if, even in as much as I'd come into my sex life expecting pleasure, it still took me a while to unlearn so much, like we discussed, and then figure out what works for me and then be able to communicate it and then create the setup where this was actually happening. Yes, and now I'm 40 years old, finally having the kind of sex I want. It's too fucking long. This shit should have happened at 19. Like, you see what Even I mean? Even though, 
as women, we reach our sexual peak much later on in life, as opposed to men who reach their sexual peak younger. But there's biology and physiology, and then there's just like my socialization and how it got that's in the way. That's true. Yes, that's what I, yes. feel, I feel like even um, according to research, if research had factored in uh, where we get our education or at what point we start unlearning, then women would have started getting their, their pleasure peak would have been much younger. But like at 40, I hear, actually, I have to say this. <laughs> there is a wonderful friend of mine who is actually, um, she is an auntie, but not by blood, by relation, by friendship. And because she was older, we always called her auntie. And um, you want to listen to the rest of that story? Be sure to tune in to part two of the Spread Live with Valentine Jaroge. Thank you all for tuning in to part one. We will be continuing this conversation soon of the pleasure gap in a few days, give or take. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are at The Spread Pod on everything. And please leave us a raving review on iTunes because it's how we keep winning and how we continually pay our bills. All the details you need from this episode are in the description box. Head over and get connected to it all. See you soon. Yo, hey, uh, Gonna make a rap again about how I love my man's head. His head so good, his head so sweet, his head so yummy, his head so. I'm just here to embarrass you, Bithy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ma 